0: everybody, it's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny.
1: Welcome along to Season 7, Episode 5 of LOI Central. And as ever, we are in association with Future Ticketing. We are in association with Collar & Cuff. Uh, Call in to Deki for all your tailoring needs. And uh, we'll be giving away a 50 quid voucher as well later on the show with Collar & Cuff Mailbag. And of course, we're in association with Rascals Brewery Inchicore. Find their beers in your local off-license or pay a visit to their taproom and Pete's restaurant in Dublin 8. And we will be giving away a nice prize from Rascals later on as well. Uh, you may find me a little bit loud. I am in transit at the moment. Um, it's a hectic week if you are a racing journalist, um, but not nearly as hectic as the League of Ireland has been of late. And Dan and I were both in uh, Talca Park on Friday night uh, for the latest installment of it's become a very, very zany season so far. Um and Dan's beloved Kerry hit for nine by my beloved Goal United as well. So an awful lot to discuss. Dan is absolutely giddy, I can tell, in the corner. He's gotten the week off for Cheltenham. I wish I had.
0: Yeah. Um first of all, good use of the word zany. Um I haven't heard that like that. I don't know, it's like a Wayne's World sort of style of quality about that. Or
1: uh, those are eight points ahead of Rovers.
0: Yeah, uh, something saved by the bell. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, obviously, it's, we, there's a sort of authenticity about you being in the airport at the moment about to head off. Although it is sort of a classic, uh, the reality of the racing journalist, like you're you're going, uh, you're going to England, but you're not going to Chatham, you're going to Milton Keynes, which is sort of like, um, I'm guessing it's just like, uh, it's like some of those people probably in the World Cup who go to the World Cup. I experienced this in Qatar. A lot of the broadcasters go to Qatar, but don't actually go to the stadiums. And yeah. They go somewhere nearby, and you're basically doing a, a version of that. Um, I am. Which is-
1: On today's show, we have Rory Gaffney. We heard from him after the game, but our main guest, John Russell, probably should have mentioned that, Dan, but I am in, in, in an airport.
0: Yes, so we've got John Russell um joining us uh, remotely uh, in due course. And we also ourselves, we, we did speak to Rory Gaffney after the... The Rovers Shells game last Friday. The Shamrock Rovers Shells game last Friday. Sorry, everyone in Sligo, uh, the place, uh, It's Sligo like Rovers, the football club fans. Um, yeah, the, the we, we did speak to him together. It's not we haven't done too many sort of post-match interviews together, but we got a bit of a, a bit of audience involvement with Sean Hoare in the background. Now what we didn't realise at that point ourselves is that Sean Hoare had already participated in some audience involvement. Um by having some words with the Shamrock Rovers fans after the the final whistle. Now that was something that was very visible in the stadium. Sorry, what was very visible in the stadium was Graham Burke being um pretty aggravated by something that was said. Um, from behind the goal, and you're always wary of probably reporting on this. To, to you know, you say, Oh, he, he's had a spat with Rovers fans, and then someone tells you later, No, it was a steward, you know, or there was some some issue. Uh, we've seen stewards involved in stuff up, up in the dock lately, and um, but it does appear it was uh, an episode between Burke and some Rovers fans. Stephen Bradley tried to claim was there might have been some kind of relative of Graham Burke's, it was sort of a half a. Half a joke, I think. But what I didn't realize was that Sean Hor had it afterwards too. A lot of people would have seen this clip by now, and um, I think Sean Hor was more so having the discussion with the fans. Um, it was it was said to me by a Rover's fan that whatever Rover's fan filmed it and put it out in social media is uh, in the bad books with a lot of people because otherwise this exchange probably wouldn't have been noticed. Um, but what it obviously has been interpreted as is um a sense that Shamrock Rovers fans after no wins in five games are. That some of them are restless, um, which other Shamrock Rovers fans find absurd, and I don't know what you think about
1: but it. They were they were very dead though at the game, Dan. I mean, I, I know, um, like in fairness, the chances that were created were created by Shamrock Rovers, and uh, I I thought the Rovers fans it was just this complacency of being used to success. You're a big Dublin derby on a Friday night, and you could you could hear like if not a pin drop, you could bloody well hear a lot of uh, the players on the pitch. There was no real atmosphere from the way fans. I saw Emma Wheatley, a big fan of the show, was tweeting about it. Um, I spoke to a few Rovers fans in the bus out and they were fairly chilled out about how things were, but I just thought it was strange. I mean, the Rovers have just gotten used to going from a position where they never really won the league anymore to now winning regularly, being in Europe and just, just not getting kind of that turned on by the fact that they were playing Shells on a Friday night and then you have some of the fans giving out to work Burke or whatever happened and I don't know it was strange I thought for a Dublin derby it was fairly lifeless for a good 75 minutes and then when Shells had a bit of pressure in the second I was like I saw a few like tourists outside the game beforehand and I was just thinking what what did they make of this the game wasn't great the atmosphere certainly wasn't great
0: Yeah well look I mean I've, I've spoken about Shells on the show in recent times I think um you know, Joey O'Brien met a quip to me before the interview started about he uh, see the, the press instead of Damian Duff, and I was just joking. You know, just about me saying they were hard to watch, but like we, we did discuss it with Sean Boyd last week. I mean, and I have no problem. Like shells have to look after shells, and like they're trying to build something. Um, you know, to build like they're just trying to build a team where their foundations are strong. Um, but what they lack is in the, probably the final third and, and that side of the pitch. But like it, we knew what type of game that was going to be. Like maybe we, like you know you can call things uh, totally. wrong very often, but like that's what you were going to expect from from shells from recent memory. Um, and it's up to Shamrock Rovers to be good enough to break them down. And ultimately they they just weren't. They weren't banging the door down. You know, I mean, you, how many times in recent seasons have Shamrock Rovers got late goals? Um. And it was the weight of pressure that eventually breaks a team down. They just didn't really do enough to to hurt shells in such a way that their concentration dropped that they made the mistakes late on, which is often what happens. And actually, shells finished the game pretty well. Like I think actually from the bench, like I, I thought they managed the game well because um, you know they brought on. Uh, Keane Levy and then Kyle Robinson later on, which sort of meant Roberts had to be a little a bit mindful of.
1: RD's Levy? You, you compared yourself in a kind of a you know <laughs> running at people
2: like way.
0: Well, no, I would, I would obviously uh, not run, uh, as you would know. Um, but but more his uh, um, no, he's 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 definitely one of the better footballers coming out of Ar-D, uh possibly the best. Um, in recent memory, and Ross Gaynor now would be pretty good as well, to be fair. But I think Keane looks like a a talent, but um. Now, like I I, I, I don't think Shamrock Govers could really feel like they were hard done by although Stephen Bradley was happy enough with the performance because it wasn't as chaotic as the, the game against Cork. But the one thing I would say, right, Shamrock McGovers, I don't I don't subscribe to the theory that like they're a bother. I think you know, I, I think they'll be fine. But if you were to take the last half empty view from their perspective, like you could say that Derry are the only team that they've played so far. In five games, that you would expect that will definitely finish in the top four. Like it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I know we have John Russell coming up and don't want to offend them but they'll have obviously aims to go higher. Um, but it's possible, you know, it's very possible that Drauda, Shells, they might be offended too. You know, uh, Sligo Rovers and Cork City probably offended as well. But they could all finish in the bottom half of the table, those four teams. You know, it could be those four. With UCD. I know Pats are struggling badly, so like we'll see. But you'd expect them to lift. So like Shamrock Rovers actually coming into a tricky run of games. Like you know they haven't won yet. We have Pats on Friday. We'll discuss them um, probably in the mailbag, coming up Thanks, to get onto the mailbag and deal with that. Um, but they play Shamrock Rovers and then they've got the dark away um after the break and then they've got Bows. So. Like it's not as if they have this run coming where you're like, okay, they're going to get nine points here and, and they're going to get going. They may still get that from the next couple of games, but they're not easy games. Um, so that is the one thing I would say. Um, you know, you have to be conscious of that um, in terms of their position and that like, it could get tricky for them. And I think Pats is a, is a tricky opponent, but either or, unless there's anything you urgently want to deal with here before we move on to the mailbag, um, we can maybe think about going that way. Let's go that way, now Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time.
3: A big bag of electronic letters.
1: What do we got this week, Dan? I think we have a lot of angry St. Pat's fans, uh, which makes this game on um, Good Friday um, could be a potentially very bad Friday for some people, but uh, yeah, lots of angry Pat's fans in the mailbag.
0: Just to be clear, it is St. Patrick's Day, in case anyone is confused, if you're listening to this, um... You're A little bit addled at some stage this week. It is St. Patrick's Day or not good Friday, but it is a proper game. Yeah, like we do have a lot of comments from Pat's. Um again, we're we're so appreciative of all the mail-by comments, and we're not uh, it's not a snub if we haven't read your one out. But Alan Lee, he summed up a lot of the move. Um, absolutely miserable start for Pat's lucky to even four points on the board. Personally I can't see Clancy been able to turn it round. If we had lost on Friday but saw some finds of encouragement, I think fans would accept that, but the three home games have all been the same. Um, you know, Jor Jordan from Bowes. Does anyone not see Keith Long being in charge of Pats by the end of the summer? And there's a few references along those lines as well. Um, and yeah, I think that sums up. You know, KG saying, to, you know, definitely discuss the disaster. It's been our start to the season as a per recruiting per tactics. It's been a mess so far. Um and yeah, like that sums up a a popper mood. Um, I have to admit, like you, you, I did expect a response from Pat's on Friday. Um, as much as the 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 previous two games were bad, you think the third game in a week at home against Bows, who started well, but you think it's the type of game they would fancy. Um, and the manner of the defeat, going off what people said who were there would be worrying. I mean we've touched on little issues and a bad second goal again. Um but like you know there's reference to per recruitment it's like oh, I think their squad is pretty good. You know, um okay defensively there's 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 concerns and there's been a bit of a turnover there. Um but I don't think you're looking at a squad that's um that's weak. Um but they just seem to have um yeah there's 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 issues there. There's chopping and changing with the team um I think the goalkeeper Dan has been
1: a big, a big, big issue as well. I know he made a mistake. For the Second goal, he he hasn't filled me with confidence at all. I don't know if Danny Rogers has been suspended, but I think that has spread a bit of uncertainty. No, and... he's he's
0: injured, Johnny. But yeah. like, I don't I don't think Danny Rogers. To be fair, like he was not selected as number one at the start of the season. He wasn't. No, because they, you know, was picked ahead of him. I, there would be very mixed reviews on Danny Rogers. I think going into the start of the season. I think there would have been a view that Pats needed a keeper, mm. um, first choice keeper. Rogers has not impressed people um, during his time there, even though he has a decent pedigree and um, his time at Scotland. But he he didn't have a particularly good time there in the second half of last season. So um, yeah, that that's a problem position for them. But I suppose they were probably looking in other areas. But um, there is a lot of unrest. You know, you can't get away from that. Like I, as I said, I, you know, you don't want to be one of these shows where it's just like. Um, Touched on it last week. I would just be soft on 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 managers, you know, because um you know, you you might have a sort of a decent relationship with them from from chatting with them, but like I, I in, don't in know, a league
1: like I, this, Dan, something has to give. Like so, you see, Colin Healy brings uh, this, you know, Cork team that started badly to Sligo should have won the game, should have beaten Shamrock Rovers. Um, Bowes lost to Pats, the only team that's uh, or sorry, Bowes beat Pats away, but then you know. Bows lose a game and then Bows win like four of their five games or top of the table. Um, a lot of these teams around the top, Dundalk started fairly poorly. Now Dundalk are somehow in the title race. Something has to give because the pressure on four or five of these teams, one of them is going to start disappointingly. And Tim Clancy is under the greatest pressure of his career so far managerially. Uh, just because something has to give. and it, I think this brand of the League of Ireland is very, very competitive. I really do think that.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think you just need to get a read. Like people are talking about the manager where he stands. I think you just need to get a read. I still, I mean, I said it last week. Not going to repeat myself. I still think five games is way too early in the season. If you're changing, if you're talking about making a change five games into the season, then the issue isn't really the manager. It's probably the club because if you're, if you're, if you see something that happens in five games, um, that Absolutely. makes you change your mind. Like you, you should have been aware of that earlier. So, I, I, I'd still be surprised. Now, now, clearly there'll be stifling pressure. If they lose this Friday, I actually think with some of the counter-attacking players they have, I think they are, are actually have the capability um, to cause Shamrock over some problems if they almost accept it approach like a European game this Friday. Um, and maybe in some of the home games, they've, they've struggled when it comes to, you're expecting them to take the initiative. Um, but I look at their fixtures after the break. Uh, they're at home to UCD. They're at home to Cork City. Um and then they're a way to draw that. Like, mm. you know, th- there are three games they'd be, they, they would fancy winning. Now I'm very cynical sometimes, like sometimes if clubs are, if they're, if, if they're ever thinking about making a change, right? They, they, you don't bring in a manager before a hard game. You know, you you bring them in before an an easy run or an easier run. So you can get some positive momentum behind them. It's one of the oldest tricks in the book. So like, you know, that would be, you know, nothing was ever going to happen before Talon on Friday, um, if it was going to happen, but then it was like a two-week break. Now I'd still think it would be unbelievably knee-jerk, right, to make a movement. But and I'm curious if you're Tim Clancy or a staff, you're looking at those games after the break, and thinking, okay, this has been a terrible six games. Let's take stock and then let's hit the ground running after the break. But obviously. If we say that and everyone says that, and those games after the break go badly, but then obviously like a different discussion will maybe take place. Um, but I think that that's their season couldn't gain momentum. And as you mentioned, teams are dropping points everywhere. Um, aside from Bowes maybe and Derry, but still like they've still dropped a couple. uh, You know, a couple of wins will change the look of your season very quickly. Um, What else
1: we
2: got?
0: They've got work to do. Um, yeah, I I did enjoy. there was a reference here from Seamal922, can France stop a front two of Evan Ferguson and Rory Keating? Um, Must be said, Rory Keating at Cork City, aside from the fact they're not seeing out games, he's had a great start to the Premier Division season and I say this as someone who um, I would have probably had an investment in him to be First Division top scorer last year. I didn't think he was going to you know, transfer to the Premier division and suddenly take it by storm. But he's actually impressed. And other managers or other people have been speaking to me about him, but he's taken people by surprise. And this is someone who's been around the block, as you know. Um he's had a good start to the season. It's worth mentioning that. Um a couple of references. Daryl Daryl's asking about Stephen Bradley's comments about Justin Faraday. That was a little bit unusual. Farazai hasn't been on the squad at all. And um, Bradley afterwards saying there's no issues with him. They they like him. But he sort of knows why he's not playing. I know he's on Spurs over the winter. You know, is it is it that he didn't necessarily come back in tip top shape? It's it left a little bit vague. But um it is true that like he hasn't been involved and it slipped under the radar. Um Sean McKelly referenced the, the horror video. We referenced that. Um Fargo's asking about is more professionalism needed in away sales windows after the farce from Shells, presumably a reference to the Shells Bows one. I don't know what you do about this. And um, really, like we've touched on it a bit last week, I think clubs are in a tricky position that they're now, you know, selling out allocations away, allocations in no time. Um you just got to hope the right people end up in possession of home tickets, and it doesn't become a big flashpoint because you don't want to be talking people away. And then, look, I put out, you know, you put out some talking points, and really, there's a general sense that both fans are annoyed that we haven't. Uh, referenced them enough in our sting for the week. I mean they are the story at the moment. They play UCD on Friday. They'll fancy that. I actually look you look down the line, there is a week coming up where Bowes play Shamrock Rovers at home on a Friday Derry away. And I think it's Pats, three games in seven days. But you can just like they've got a chance of of, of just getting a little bit of, of a cushion to the teams that they want to stay ahead of, you know, who would be probably Dundalk and Patsy with pink, you know, and then anything else is a bonus. But it's a good buzz around them, John.
1: I, I'm Yeah, I I find this quite alluring in fairness in the sense that Declan Devine came in as this complete left-field candidate. Gary Cronin wasn't sure where he was going in his, in his management career. All, all, albeit he knew he was leaving Longford, but he didn't know where he was going from there. Um, you know, there were suggestions as to who was going to get the Bose job. Was Alan Reynolds going to be involved in some shape or form? Um, and a lot of people would probably have said, oh, Decky Devine will be one of the first managers under pressure. He signed... Seems to have signed very well. They seem to have gotten their yeah. mojo back. Um, Afalabi, I think, is just an intriguing sort of uh story at this stage of his, you know, fledging career. And he went over to, told he went over to uh, Detzer as as he's well known because Detzer told him before the game, you're going to score here, and you could see him at a B line to the substitutes bench, and they have. In them as well, Dan. Like they've they've played players in different positions. You know, um, I think young McManus came in and played in the kind of Keith Buckley-esque role during the week, and um, Flores has been playing sort of left back as well as centre mid, They've they've shuffled it around. Talbot seems to be getting his kind of confidence back, um, and they just seem to have plenty of pace as well. Lots of pace, which. Shamrock Rovers don't really have at the moment. I was, I was saying this to you the other night. Like, Neil Farouge has completely wasted where he is in a team that looks fairly static at the moment. As much as Rovers played well, Bows is the team with pace. They have momentum. And I don't know, it's refreshing to see Shamrock Rovers and Pats are in the bottom three. And I don't mean that in the way of, I don't like these clubs, But, you know, the fact that Bows are up there with some, with Dundalk creep, you know, purring along nicely, I think it's going to be a very interesting league.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing about Rovers and Pace is that occasionally teams will sit in against them and, and it's, you know, it's not about their pace. Bert hasn't really played as well. No, they haven't really played Bert. Um, so, no, I take your point. And, like, like, you know, Bows have just got a good balance around their squad. Like, you know, and, and it's even just the fact that, the, like, you will keep Buckley didn't play... Um, last week, and the world didn't end. You know, they were able to rotate their options around with Flores and McManus. They've got Adam McDonald. Um, so they're they're they're, they're solid. You know, and I have to give them a lot of credit. I want to rattle through some other topics here. There's um, references to the FEI Connect app and um, a bit slow updating attendances over the weekend. Now, I think that has been uh, eventually addressed. Although Ethan pointed out, from Finn Harps, worth noting that it's what well, it's a great addition. It's not a responsibility that's been put on the plate of club volunteers. I mean, this is part of the issue. It all comes back to that. Dave O'Grady and also um I think it was Bob as well. Um reference to will the new propensity for taking in loanies from the UK create problems for LOI managers to build teams in the mid to long term? Dave had a very similar point. You know, for the positive this new avenue brings in terms of quality, are there more long-term negatives? I guess the one thing I would say is like, I, I, I I see your point on it. Um, but unfortunately, in this league, we I mean mid to long term building has been stunted by people having one- year contracts anyway. you know, like you could have three in recent years, we've had like three of the best players say of one team will go to another one in in the off season. Um, there's massive turnover of players. Now that's obviously changing a bit. but I wouldn't you know flag that in the inability of the team building just down to these overseas recruits. But it is true. A lot of players in the league at the moment who are technically here till the summer. Um, and it's a difficulty, but I think on balance the pros outweigh the cons. Um like it's a broader issue we're gonna come back to again. We'll do something for the underage stuff in the coming weeks. I mean, it's obviously terrific today that this Ireland under 17 team qualified for the European Championships. Um, you know, squad patched for a League of Ireland players, if mm. their school their schoolboy clubs would have helped them too. You know, but it drives home the argument that we have great talent at that age, but obviously at the age of 16. Uh, this is when a lot of them would go. What are we doing for our players from 16 to 18? And the offshoot of that as well is that with the underage stopping at under 19, um, you know, we've wondered a lot of players hit a roadblock there and they don't develop and maybe, or if they're not ready at that stage, then they got replaced by these UK players. We actually asked, I'm not going to repeat this for this, we talked about it with Sean Boyd, but we will touch on that topic again. It's a good question. Pat Mitchell, um, Pat Mitchell, like again, Johnny, putting 15 to 20 messages this week about is Johnny ready to call the league at the moment including one from Jolie Liog, like that about is Johnny ready to call the league for Gloucester Hartbury because apparently there was some issue on the uh, LOI central or on the, uh, the uh, LOI TV that sort of put up some wrong league table but look at mistakes I'm mistakes obviously I'm
1: calling the league down it's going United's league this but, season uh, um,
0: but Pat Mitchell, can I refer to Pat Mitchell's point he said, it's often commented that Johnny may call the title race too early but can you clarify, when was the last time he got it wrong? He was right in 2021 20, and 22, but I haven't been listening to the pod long enough to know about previous years. Well, Pat, the problem is 2019, unfortunately, is when that, that was born, when Johnny called the league, Shamrock McGraw was early, as he was reminded uh, several times by the dog players later in the season. But I don't know, last season, were you not calling, did you not give Derry a chance when they were seven or eight points ahead? Early doors. I'm not sure if you were 100% right last year. You definitely were in the other two. I can't remember about last year, were you?
1: Yeah, I, I sw- this year, though, the, I, I'd be a little bit concerned for Derry now that Conley uh, hobbled off and there seems to be a doubt as to how long he'll be out for. But other than that, Derry, look, um, they look very, very solid. And uh, by all accounts, McElhinney was brilliant again the other night. Dundalk kind of hung in there. We didn't talk much about that game. It sounded like it wasn't the greatest game of football. Again, played on the Astro. Derry, um, I'm, I'm actually reminded that if, if you compare Derry's record to the expected results, um, this is kind of gambling fluff, but it, it actually matters. If you compare Derry's record to the expected results, the results away from home are actually much better than at the Brandywell, right? Um, Now, there may or may not be something that teams are sitting in as well, and Derry have plenty of options off the bench, but the Conley injury was uh, would be a bit of a concern for them as much as they didn't concede. Um, I do think with Sean Rovers, I think they need to start picking up points fairly soon because um, I don't I don't see this being a league where The one worry I'd have, Dan, for, for the Premier Division at the moment is that I don't know when UCD are actually going to win any game. So, uh, like, everyone else is, is in... I couldn't tell you who's going to finish second last, but if UCD don't finish last, I'll give up this podcast because... <laughs> where, like, where where are they going to pick up any points or pick up any wins to get them off this issue they're in?
0: Yeah, no, I I think I'd agree with you. I mean, ju- actually, Julian was on to me last week. Julian Kenney is regular correspondent. I did say last week I, I thought Drada would, you know, achieve their target of not being in relegation trouble. But then he pointed out who finishes second from bottom. And I was like, that's actually true. I actually don't know who does finish second from bottom was I don't think it's going to be shells. It's probably not going to be cork, and then it's not going to be. And you start listing off these teams, and you realise, well, actually, we're going to have a a hell of a battle royale um, to avoid that spot. And I think that that's definitely. This is definitely something we have to be conscious of. But if I go through a couple of others, Gavin, on a level of one to ten, how sick was Johnny? He was in the name of DC Park to watch his beloved Galway. I, 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 funny,
1: funny enough, I, I wasn't. I wasn't sick at all. I miss this. I don't really get any pleasure in beating a team that has just been added to the league from part of the country that is you know is such an addition to the league. I don't really get a great kick out of uh, Galway United, uh, even though it was a record equaling nine one eight nil. I think record equaling results don't really get much of a kick out of that. Might do confidence work good I'd be with Ollie Horgan on this three points move on
0: yeah, no, I, I I see your point on that. And Kerry, I think, will have one or two days like that this season away from home. But I think even the response to that has been quite mature from people. I think they understand that this is part of the gig. Um, Robert Work did point out that the at Bowes, was basically the, the dugouts are, are the style of a full bus, not just a bus stop. We referenced it last week. Mark McLean, more specific on Pats, um, very critical of Krida from the Estonian and saying Forrester has been played out of positions, negatively affecting his ability to affect the game. Um. So that's just a, a more specific point on that. And uh, yeah, Jason Shanahan has been in touch regularly to say we're not talking about the first division enough. Um. I I accept the point. But I was thinking about this. I mean, we do do an hour and ten minute show. It's a very um very Irish thing, isn't it? I mean, like I don't know, is there many Premier League pods in England that that have to get grief if they don't talk about the championship? Is there is there Scottish Premier League or top flight pods that go into the Scottish championships? It feels like in Ireland, and maybe it's a good thing that the League of Ireland is all under one umbrella, and because there's only two divisions, it feels like it's all one big community and one club. And I understand that, and I know you're very positive about talking first division topics, but like, I mean, you do need, like, you know, I don't know, maybe someone can point out. that I know in, in England there's like specific football league pods, um, but if you're talking about the top flight, where there's a lot going on at the moment in town, um, we have a lot of stuff to get. Don't cover enough first division topics. Um, but I noticed there are places elsewhere that will talk about that at length um, but we are not uh, as we see fit and I think to be fair with you Johnny uh, you make your points about Galway um, and, and and Waterford on a regular basis but uh, the point is taken on board Jason
1: Yeah and uh, kudos to Cove as well who've uh, you know had another brilliant result another controversial decision I think with their first goal but uh, no I, I, I wouldn't disagree with Jason in the sense that um, you know, some big clubs in the first division and it's always been sort of the League of Ireland as opposed to the you know the championship and the Premier League was basically the League of Ireland, Premier Division and First Division, which which I quite like. But uh, anyway, that is for another day. Dan, we did speak to Rory Gaffney. Um I'm not trying to big up this little interview and it was very short, but I I, I thought his comments on Derry City were quite notable, and also his comments on Shams were quite notable. So we'll be hear from Rory Gaffney and then John Russell is going to be in the house. Yeah, let's go for that. Rory Gaffney, what did you make of that?
3: Yeah, just Frustrating. I think we, like, story of our season. Really, I think we've been playing well, dominating games, but not winning.
1: Um, would you have regrets yourself? You had kind of a good chance early in the second half.
3: Yeah, good connection, good header. Um, no, no real regrets. Really, just did what I wanted to do, get a clean contact on it.
0: Is it just about being
3: like using your experience
0: as a group now? Because you know, from outside the club, people would say, champions no wins in five. There'll be a little bit of noise. But is this where like? Internally, you just sort of be calm if you're happy enough with
3: how you've played in some of the games. Yeah, I know were, we were kind of saying before the game that if we won the next two games we would have had a, a better start than to what we had last season and obviously we went on to win the league by a number of points but honestly I think the performances have been really good this season. Obviously the first two games were a goal up. We get men sent off so we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot and I was on the bench against Derry watching the lads so it was an unbelievable performance but you know, if it was a boxing match we were, we were winning on points but Derry hit us with two sucker punches or two knockout blows, and it was hard to come back from it. And in fairness, they they killed the game that night. And I suppose Cork, I think it was just that was just a mad game, really.
0: Yeah, and like Shells, you probably knew the type of game it was going to be coming here, and it sort
3: of proved to be, didn't it, in terms of how hard they are to, yeah, to break down. A hard, hard team to break down. Young, energetic team. Very organised. You know, very honest. You know, they absolutely give everything. Pitches and grace. You know, cold, nice just kind of derby game it was never going to be I suppose a pretty game but we didn't get that goal that we needed
1: Without overstating it it kind of does show that there's a lot of like depth to the league this year isn't there like, cause
3: Yeah I, I suppose you look at all the players that have come in from, from outside you know clubs are obviously going about their business smartly but yeah like I think honestly it's a very competitive league
1: How would you compare to the standard you played in at, at in England?
3: I think most teams want to have a goal playing Do you know I've been watching actually quite a bit of lower league football uh in the last couple of weeks and it's not easy it's not pretty on the eye and I think this is a you know, a lot more enjoyable game to be watching at the minute and yeah. playing in
1: Yeah and what was Stephen Bradley saying afterwards then because he looked actually fairly calm there he obviously must have said that you actually played well
3: Yeah same as I suppose uh, last week against Derry like just keep sticking at it I think if we play like that we'll be there thereabouts come the end of the season if we keep playing like that it's going to take a very good Derry team to, to stay out of us What do you make of Derry? Um. Yeah, good organised team, do you know, they were, I uh, uh, don't know what the word is, very kill the game last professionalism. week. Professionalism. Oh, yeah, professionalism is one word. Yeah, I think they just they took the sting out of the game last week, uh, especially when they got the goal, they were just stopping it, slowing it down, I came on for 15 minutes and, you know, they just game had no flow whatsoever, so I think they obviously came with a game plan and they executed it very well.
0: Um, St. Pats next week, I mean, they've lost tonight. Uh, I think they're, you know, four points as well, it's sort of a similar return I mean, it's not Reader team would want to be, but I suppose you, you know as well that's going to be a cracker next week in terms of another full house probably and both sides with sort of something to prove, I guess.
3: And I watched their first game of the season against. Watching a lot of football. Yeah, nothing else for sure. <laughs> um, But yeah, I watched their first game of the season against Erie and I think if the game had gone on for the five minutes, Pats would have won. I thought they played very well on the night and expected, obviously, expected them to be a right threat this year. I don't know, whatever has gone on there, haven't seen them apart from that, but they've got a. A squad full of good players, and I'm sure they'll be they'll be ready for next Friday.
1: Um, can you can you sort the debate as well? The the Shams Shamrock Rovers thing, because you're from Chum, where Sham is kind of a term of endearment. Yeah. No answer, no. Uh,
3: what, 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 I, what have I just said?
1: <laughs> is it Shams or Shamrock Rovers or Rovers?
3: I think it's Rovers. Yeah, I'm having that. Shams. Yeah. No, no. Sean Horse says, so you, you actually me <laughs> said, to you. "Yeah,
1: kidding. former Shamrock Rovers player Rory Gaffney." Um, so uh, sh- it's.
3: John, John Hoare reckons it's Shams, is it? Even Johnny Kenny is calling us Rovers now. Oh there
1: we go. See, if so. anyone
0: joins Slyka Rovers, though, they're all Shams straight away. It's, a con- yeah. it's in the contract, I think. You're yeah. from
3: Shoom, I mean, Shams
1: is a sham. Like. Yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Finally, go United 191, we don't need you at all, as it turns out. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, top man. Sounds. <laughs> Yeah, so Dan, that was was quite interesting. It wasn't really big enough, uh, Darius. It was sort of well-organised, you know, knew how to kill the game. Um, I I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, I think uh, think there's a sense of the Rovers' camp. We're not going to be giving up this title quite easily. Um, And the Shams debate has been sorted as well.
0: Well, I mean, we can discuss that with John Russell if you want. But um, now, I think I think Sean McGovers, to be fair, they're not going to talk up their opponents. It's not. The, I mean, I think you know at the end of last season they said they know Derry is going to be coming for them, but they're not going to least start throwing confetti at them now and say, "Oh, yeah. they're a wonderful side. What a wonderful football team that they are." They're not going to be doing that. So, um, look, um, yeah, we'll go to John Russell, but before that, we've got to get through our quiz business. Um, last week's question was about the top, this is for the Rascals, the guided Rascals brewery tour of course, uh, it was the top uh, scorer of current League of Ireland managers in the all-time goal scoring uh, list. There's not much between Andy Myler and John Caulfield, it's a handful of goals but it is Andy Myler uh, we, got a, we got some wrong guesses and we got um, a large volume of right ones across Twitter and across Instagram, we took place the, the draw took place earlier on and the winner was Andy Dunn. So Andy, you will have a guided tour of Rascals for you, um, and also I think the mailbag, uh, the collar and cuff for this week. I like the Rory keen comment from CMMGOR, and um, so there's the a 50 euro mailbag uh, present reward coming your way uh, voucher for collar and cuff in Glasnevin in Dublin. Hopefully it's not too far from Cork if you're there, but if you're up a daily man for an away game, I'm sure you can you can pop in. Now, this week's quiz question for the Rascals tour. Um, there was a little bit of an anniversary symbolism this week um, that it was, it was noted on social media as the 14th anniversary of the opening night of Tala Stadium. Shamrock Rovers v Sligo Rovers or Shams v Rovers, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was obviously a, a very famous game where Gary Twigg scored the first goal at the ground. And think of what Tala is now um, compared to even what it was then. How excited we were by one stand and and it's taken 14 years to complete, but we we are there Um, But the question is, folks, can you name the first uh, visiting player to score a goal at Dallas Stadium? I think this is a decent question. Again, people just cheat. Um, But if you actually have a think about it, um, who was the first visiting player? It's a notable achievement for them, I suppose. They're on the record books. Um, So, yeah, please get your guesses into us. LOI Central Pod on Twitter. DMs are open um, or on Instagram. You can send us a message as well.
1: Yeah, the Galway team continues. We've had Rory Gaffney discussion, discussing uh, shams and all that. And uh, now we have... Where are you from, actually, John Russell in Galway? Uh, from my Colin, Johnny. My Colin, a great part of the world. Another football stronghold at the moment. Gaelic football. It,
2: yeah. yeah, they've been doing very well, yeah. And a lot of lads that play in the league there. Uh, Vinnie Farty. Eric uh, darwin has got connection there as well, so yeah.
1: Yeah, because we had Mark Conley on recently, and he was just talking about... Um, when you're born in Monaghan, that you know naturally you gravitate towards Gaelic football. Stephen O'Donnell played Gaelic football as well, um, and actually could have ended up back playing Gaelic football had Stephen Kenny not come calling. So, what was it like for you growing
2: up? Yeah, I played everything: Gaelic, hurling, basketball was big in my column, but uh, soccer was always number one. And yeah, the Gaelic was strong in my column, but never really uh fancied the ten bonish doors on the sideline screaming and and ranting and raving. So yeah, just the soccer took took hold.
1: Is that a nod to your style of management nowadays?
2: Uh, possibly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So when did you realise, yeah, uh, soccer is going to be for me and my pathway now is to play for Galway United and be one of these top-class Galwegians who actually plays for Galway United?
2: Yeah, I played for so. I did underage and would have played in the underage international teams and Irish schools and all that stuff. And I suppose every player wants to go to England and play for Man United but never got the call from Ferguson. So I ended up at Galway United with uh, Tony Mannion.
0: Um, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, John. I actually we we just did our, our mailbag there, our listeners' questions, and there was one I forgot to to get to, but it's actually it was just a listener suggesting at the end of the season, could you do some kind of like uh, all stars thing where you got players from like Leinster, Munster, Connacht, and I'm guessing <laughs> Ulster now. Listen, as we see in in GEA, the Railway Cup, I mean, that doesn't work. I don't think these things would work as an idea. But just in general, right, how do you reckon a Connacht team would actually do? Because you think of like, you throw in the likes of Huben and a couple of players have been spread, Rory Gaffney, and have been spread like outside the region. Like in recent years, the talent levels from that neck of the woods have been pretty decent. Whereas the likes of yourself, you would have gone to Dublin you know, you know, you know the path that some of the players had to take Darrell Horgan previously, amongst yeah. others. Um, but I mean you've got your homegrown lads now coming through from the region, another one mm. ain't a fantasy he's scoring the weekend. Like Connors would probably do okay now in this sort of a hypothetical scenario.
1: And Rory Keating's up front instead of Hoban. So how do you
2: tell Hoban that? <laughs> yeah, he's flying at the moment, Rory. But yeah, look, there's been loads of good players that have come from. West of Ireland and, you know, when I went to Sligo, we had success 2010-11 and a lot of goal lads went up there. Alan Keane was there and, you know, he's mentioned Stephen O'Donnell, Daryl Horrigan. I think that was the thing for us, all the goal lads later around the league. And if you had them in, in Galway, you know, if there was, you know, proper investment and in backing at the time, we could have had a right crack. I'd, I'd imagine that like going for a league and playing in Europe. So it's a pity.
0: So John, just in your season so far, I, I'm I'm curious to get your take on it because like naturally you would you would ask you'd ask a manager and they'll talk about well you know we we could have picked up more points here, but you've had some games where you've been in tight spots and you've come back from two goals at the weekend. You've got an injury time goal against Shamrock Rovers. You played very well in that game uh, or shams I should say um, for 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 your audience. Um, but like you know UCD was tricky. But you got out of it with the with the win. I know Aldrados maybe disappointment, but like do you feel you've got you've done well to get the points you have on the board, if you know what I mean? Or like, what's your sense of your tally at this stage?
2: Yeah, it's been a decent start. I suppose every team would look at it and say well, we could have got more points here, or um, you know if that game went another way for us. But you know it's going to be another couple of games before the the league I suppose takes shape. Um, but in terms of what we've shown, it have been good signs. We've showed a great reaction a lot of the games to come back, come from behind and win matches. The The game against St. Pat going out to 10 men so early, and then to get the three points was massive for us. Um, you know, we've brought in a lot of new players, 10 new players have come into the building. So it's going to take time for them to gel. It's not just players within Ireland. You know, we've gone outside the country and they've got to get used to the league, living in Sligo uh, and gel and everyone together. Um, I suppose the, the positive. For us, for myself and the staff, was getting the players in early. You know, we pretty much had the squad done in, in January. I think maybe John Mann, even though he wasn't a new player, a new Sligo, but he came in maybe two weeks into pre-season. And then, I think, was it Aiden Keane left? Maybe a week or two before the start. And we, we brought in Stefan Radisabievich. So that was a really good signing for us. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy where we are at the moment, but there's loads more to come.
0: I, I think um the, the Aiden Keane one, I mean, I would have spoke to you at the launch and that was a... Uh... I listen, there's no way of sugarcoating. It's obviously a massive blow to lose the league's top scorer. But um, I know there's a couple of penalties in there. But like Max has uh seems to have responded to that challenge as well too. And he's I see he's got himself back in the New Zealand squad. So he's heading off to play China um along with Nando uh, when this international break kicks in. But I know Stefan is probably finding his feet. I- I'm guessing. But like Max seems to have really responded to whatever questions you've asked of him.
2: Yeah, he's been brilliant and that was the, the good thing for him and Nando. They're coming back for a second season, so they know the league, they're settling in Sligo and they have huge potential. Nando obviously was in the national team playing regularly and for Max, he had won cap and that was his ambition to get in. And looking at him last season, he had all the tools. He's such a good player and people forget that you look at him, he's only 22 and you think he's a lot older. Um, But he's in terms of his attitude... His willingness to listen and learn, it, it's brilliant. And he really had a good off-season. He's come back and with Aiden going, now he's become the main man. And, and that's what strikers want. They, they, they need to, to feel the love and, and the fans to to look on them to, to be the, the main man and get the goals. And he's done that so far and, and hopefully that continues.
0: Just tell me is the the manager's mindset um on Saturday evening. Because I should have mentioned this the Pats game. That was a like terrific, you know, achievement with sort of the ten men. But I'm sort of wondering, like you the big crowd on Saturday, you know, I don't know, on, on Saturday night at half ten or on Sunday morning when you wake up, are you happier about the comeback or are you sort of thinking, God, how did we end up in that situation that we were two goals down at home? You know, like what's like are you the last half full or the half empty man in this in this scenario?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. It's probably a weakness of mine at the moment where, you know, in, in management it's that highs and lows and even though we drew the game, it feels like a defeat and that twenty four hours, forty eight hours after a game, it's it's tough. Um and then you gotta kinda of snap out of it because you you're going into games and you're you're always thinking, Yeah, if if we can perform to our levels, we can win a game. Um but like I said earlier on, the, the the reaction to the setbacks this season in, in any of the games, the, the players for such a new group to show that resilience and character to come back, it's brilliant and, and it goes well for us going forward.
1: The 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 managers like, is there any sense I, I'm sure there isn't like a manager's WhatsApp group, but when you look at the, the recruitment of players, and in fairness, Rory Higgins, Rory Higgins has a decent budget, obviously, but he signed players that's say the likes of Graydon from Longford, even McGonagall. They signed players that wouldn't necessarily have been signed by other teams in the League of Ireland with a similar budget. Steve O'Donnell has gone to Britain primarily, um, Scotland and England. A lot of loan players coming in. Maybe during the COVID times you had to assess them without even actually seeing them in the flesh. And you've gone a, you know, a slightly different route as well. Like It it seems to be one of these things that's just taken off in the league where your recruitment is, is obviously key, but it, it has to be a little bit left field as
2: well yeah definitely for me it's the number one thing in football is recruitment it's all about players and you see you know you can be successful despite your methods um, and I think if you can have good methods and have good players then you've got a really good chance of having su- sustain or sustained success um, and for me at Sligo we've got a I suppose I rather than outspend the, the competition and look for that competitive advantage and the wage increases in the league, I suppose the, the talent drain with the players being sold, the, the, the premium we have to pay to get players to come to Sligo um, means we've got to look outside and, and be creative. And I've probably studied a couple of leagues now in the last year or two, especially the Scandinavian, the Swedish second tier, Danish second tier, some of the Baltic leagues, Estonia. Um, and there's good players out there. And you've got to look at their wages, you know, wage. The, the wage profile and uh, the age they're at in the international teams and, and if they come in, can they add quality uh, to your group? And, you know, the players I brought in, I'm, I'm very happy with them. It's just now can we gel them quickly and, um yeah, hopefully we can start picking up more points. How do you do character vetting there? Yeah, you, you look at, the, I suppose, the clubs they've been at. It's football. It's a small world, really, because there's always a player or a manager or a coach that... Um, you can tap into and kind of trace a line back. Um, and it is huge because it's not about looking at video clips of players and then signing them because you don't know what you want to get once they arrive in. You have to find out about their character. And a lot of the time we do Zoom calls with the player or their agent and present them on on Sligo and what the division is and the plans going forward and get a feel for the player as well. Because, um, you know, it's, it's about the person as well as the player. And, you know, you want good people coming into your building.
1: Without okay, without describing it as like Craggy Island. Like how, Sligo is such a small town in the west of Ireland. Like when, whenever I visit it, I love Sligo, but like to, to live there, um, it's small. Everyone probably gets to know you. And how do you sell that in terms and how do you sell the League of Ireland? Because a lot of them probably don't know anything do about us.
2: Yeah, a lot of them don't, but I think the the results in Europe over the last number of years, you see Shamrock McGraw was getting to the group stages of the Europa Conference League. Um us doing well last year was a huge selling point for us um getting players in this year and in terms of Sligo it's a football mad town you know there's huge history there and um it's a beautiful part of the country to live uh, the beaches golf courses the food and the people of Ireland are so welcoming and this huge selling point. Sometimes you're driving around and you don't realize what's around the scenery and stuff for us living in Ireland. And then the foreigners come over and they're like, wow, this is spectacular. So it's funny um, you say
1: that, sir, cause one because one of the boys, Dock, brought in one of the, the, the defenders. I forget his name now. There was a photo of him, like clearly going out for a swim with Nathan Shepherd, um, taking advantage of like the Irish coastline in, uh, I guess, February or March. And Sligo's like, a bloody beautiful place.
2: Yeah, it is. And, and the other side of it, look, they're here to play football and it's a good league. It's There's a lot of eyes and spotlight on it. A lot of players are getting moves to League One to Scotland. We've sold a lot of players in the last year and that's a selling point. The, the product is there. I suppose the, the stadium needs to improve and the optics of the league is probably the thing that's holding us back. But when we play in Europe, the players perform in, in proper stadiums and they, and they look they look the part. Um, but in terms of getting players in, it's a really good level and They can see it as an opportunity to either win things or maybe progress to a higher level.
0: I mean, John, like, it's, it's, there's so many players I could ask you about and not going to get round to them all. But I mean, like, you look at the likes of sort of Branifalk and Fabrice Hartman and uh, Reese Hutchinson, they've all like had their moments so far. But in saying that, you talk about recruitment. How great is it then, though, to be able to drop someone like Aina Clancy into the situation? And and in 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 recent years, Sligo have done it consistently that like the academy has has churned out what appear to be like Premier division standard players or ones who've gone to a, you know, even a, who will or have go to a higher level. And um, that's a, a great thing to have in the recruitment market you're talking about, where you, that premium for Dublin players, say, or uh, other, you know, Leinster players, um, to be able to produce your own is a, is a huge tool to have. So maybe tell us about Aina and, and what else is going on there in that development
2: yeah it's it's a huge part of the club that's the model that we have in Sligo and um, you know it's community we've been fortunate to have the likes of Johnny Kenny and Ed McGinty and um, you know John Mann and Niall Moore and Luke McNicholas is in at the moment you know I know as you mentioned there Ana Clancy's coming this year and Caitlin Barlow doing really well and we've got it a- Keep promoting from within, like that's that's the model, and it's a platform, and we're we're not afraid to put young players in, and they'll always surprise you. You know, we played in Europe against Bala. I think you were down that game, Dan. Yeah. You know, went into extra time, and we brought on Caelan Barlow and Killian Heaney. I think it was only their second appearance in in the first team in, in the European game, and both of them acquitted themselves really well. And you, you don't know about young players that you put them in, and that's the good thing where a lot of other clubs might say, oh, we've an academy and we're, we're producing players but they're not really playing week in, week out um, where the lads in our academy get that opportunity.
0: Yeah, like I, I saw Barlow in those European games and I was like, God, he's he's quite tidy and he's quite good but actually, I'm watching him this year and <laughs> he's got a bit of an edge. He's got a bit of a, like even, you press him a bit higher up but he's making things happen and uh, he's got a bit of character or something about him. Is he, that is, that is, Is that what he is? If you know what I mean, he's got a bit of spark mm-hmm. about him.
2: He does, yeah. Yeah, that's what I, lo- I love about him. He's, he's got that um, attitude on the, on the pitch. He's he's fearless. You know, first game against Shamrock Rovers, he's gone up and Pico Lopez gets sent off and gets into an argument with, with Kaylin. Like, you know, he's he's well able to go and he can make things happen on the pitch. He, he'll, he'll look for the ball in tight areas. He, he's always trying to play forward passes and he's willing to work hard. He, he's got an awful lot going for him. And, you know, I know he's... Got ambitions. He sees other academy players you mentioned there that have gone across the water, and you know if he's playing well week in week out in this league and he's doing the business, you know he'd be looking to go to higher level himself. himself I'm sure.
0: Listen, I know you're you're very much you have your own Sligo Rovers hat on, but I, I suppose it's a more general question. Like I'm looking at this weekend's fixtures, right? So we've got Drodd and Dalk on Thursday, uh, just early because of the the schedule around Patrick's Day. Shamrock Rovers and Pats on Friday, five o'clock. Cork Shelbourne five o'clock. And Europe and Derry on Friday night, and Bose hosts UCD. To me, right, like I, I'm guessing your ambition is to be back in Europe, right? I'm 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 not like I'm sure the club will will say that that's where everyone wants to be. I know they're very on top of their financial model down there, and they know it's the difference between Europe and not as huge as you know. But to me, and we we're talking about before you come on, it's it's very hard to call the league. I know we probably have an idea about maybe who we expect the top two to be. Um, but I don't know it feels like you could throw a blanket over a lot of clubs at the moment and there's a lot of points being dropped to sort of reflect that I mean what's your sense of how open that scrap could be um, in that sort of section of the table
2: nice Cheltenham kind of references the blanket there as well like that <laughs> then. yeah I think it's wide open <clears throat> as you mentioned there the two favourites before it we started with Shamrock Rovers and Derry based off last year the, the finances the squad they put together but I think outside of that, there's a lot of new players that come into the league. Um, you mentioned Dundalk. We've got a lot from the UK. You know, Pat's have brought in a few players as well ourselves. Bows has been a turnover. They probably signed a lot from um within the league. Um, so there's probably a bit more of a known quantity there. Um, but in terms of what's going to happen for the season ahead, it's really interesting, and, and that's what you want. You want games to be tight and, and no one running away with it. And I feel that we'll have that this season. And we definitely yeah want to want to be in the mix. I, I brought in really good players into, into the league. The challenge, is for us is to try and get them used to the league and, and gel the group together. And we have a lot of new players, and we're fortunate at the moment. We're, we're injury-free, and I have a lot of selection headaches, um, which is a good thing.
1: Yeah, I thought it was cool on Saturday night just, uh, you know, it was like 11 o'clock, throw on the highlights, and yourself against, like, Colin Healy and Cork City who were sort of started off poorly then scored six goals away from from home against Sligo and Sharma Rovers, and like probably should have felt they should have won both games and you're just thinking this league is a bit a bit mad this season it's going to be week in week out I've no idea who's going to finish second last I've no idea who's going to finish third possibly not even second fourth, fifth I've no idea Yeah
2: it's it's going to be mad Uh, and the early signs show that you know Every, every weekend you come in after a game you, you hear the results you're thinking "Geez, they they've their drawn or they got beat and you can't, can't believe some of the scorelines I think that's going to be a trend going forward
1: it is a good standard as well. I I feel anyway, and like when you when you go to a game now, you enjoy it. I know even Friday night wasn't great, like the Shanker Rovers game, but the, I, I thought the Derry Rovers game was really good. And you, you're not afraid to bring somebody along, regardless of his or her background, and say actually the League of Ireland is a good standard now. You have young players that might go on. I mean, young media who's played for Pats already, like starring for the Seventeens. We mentioned obviously Evan Ferguson had a brief role of Bohemians, Gavin Mazuno. Like you're you're mentioning these players that. You could have these up and coming players that are actually playing football as well. It's a good standard and it's a nice standard of football.
2: Uh, the, the product is there, guys, like the the standard of player over the last couple of years. And um, it's getting better and better. The, the product is there, and you see the crowds are are huge the last two seasons. And what's yeah. happened, John? Like, why is this big
1: swing to remember John think thing was like, let the League of Ireland let it be let it be cool? It actually finally I think is somewhat cool.
2: It is, but it's still a bit of a niche as well because, you know, the the mainstream and um, we don't get huge coverage. And I suppose that goes down to not having a TV deal and and a a big prize pool to to play for. And I think that's the next step. You know, really, you want to have a game live every week on the telly. And I know we have a streaming service, which is brilliant. And and that's getting the profile of the league out out, and even for the players themselves, other clubs, managers, scouts are, are watching our league where years ago there was no real footage. Um but in terms of moving forward, yeah, the stadiums need to, to improve um and a, a proper TV deal will be will be the way forward.
0: Yeah, and I know in, in fairness to Sligo Robert, like you, you, you do have plans in terms of the stadium. And I actually would trust uh you know, with the political will I think you probably possibly have in, 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 in that region, I, I would trust that to happen quicker than I would in other places, I have to say. I mean, hopefully that proves to be the case. But I'm just like, curious before we finish up, like But this is the thing you sort of forget. I mean, like you're not even a a manager for a year now, are you? Like is your year anniversary even been hit yet? It probably hasn't. Like for someone like this is part of the issue. I saw Will Clark was tweeting earlier on about um, the under 17s qualifying, but then pointing out there's only what less than one full-time staff member in the youth academy per club in the country. Like, Is this the thing for you? Like you've thrown your your lot into management. Like you're trying to make a living from this game. But you're in a a country where the industry isn't properly developed. You know what I mean? In such a way that there's actually real pressure that if you're not a manager, where do you go within the country for full-time employment? I mean, that's actually a real pressure that I think a lot of the younger managers are under that maybe isn't always commented on.
2: Yeah, no, you're spot on. There, there is huge pressure in every league for for all managers, but more so probably in Ireland because there isn't an industry. that's not, you know, three or four leagues and and loads of clubs that you can uh, bounce around like in the UK. Um, so you kind of have to do well in your first job and to to really have a proper career. There are other roles you see cropping up at the moment, the sport and director roles, which I think is going to be a a key one for for our own clubs to develop and grow. And obviously, the heads of the academy and they need more full-time staff in the academies. But in terms of a first-team manager, you know, there's only 10 teams in the Premier Division. And as you said, everyone wants to get Europe. and there's managers that are under pressure after five, six games in the season, and, and there's other managers waiting in the wing. So that's the industry we're in. Um, but you've got to, I suppose, back yourself and have that belief that, you know, between yourself, the staff that you have around you, um, and the players that you recruit, that you can try and create something special. And, you know, every club... There's different success at different clubs, you know. Um, some clubs are fighting relegation, some are tasked with winning leagues, some trying to get into Europe, some mid table, whatever it is, you've got to try and improve the players, improve the team and um keep the the wolves uh, at the gate. Um and uh, hopefully uh I'll we'll get to the year anniversary anyway.
0: Yeah, listen. We hope so. We're speaking Big of
2: ambitions.
0: wolves. <laughs> speaking of Speaking of wolves at the gate. I think Johnny's at the departure gate now. So I think we probably need yeah. to wrap things up. And yeah. unless Johnny, have you any more Galway-related tangents you want to ask John before you go? Or are you are you done with? Are, you are Galway going to win it, Johnny? I
1: think so, John. I actually, I actually think so. I don't know what they've what they've done the body language is good Um, I I do think so yeah worryingly I think uh, in all my in all my years I'm going to see them win something and back in the Premier Division but you're looking at the Premier Division now it's been like an abstract thing as a Galway United fan you're looking at this from afar for years and it's like imagine getting into the Premier Division now and the buzz and the amount of people that will want to come to Galway for an away game every weekend and I'm saying this to the Shamrock Rovers fans on Friday and they're like we're all buzzing to go back to Galway and then the crowds that you would guess and I, I just love seeing that game against Cork City on the t- on the the highlights on, on uh Saturday, just Sligo Rose with Cork City Saturday night, big crowds, really good game. And um yeah, I I, I, I don't know, it's a long way to go and I think Waterford have a lot of resources, but I'm very hopeful. The last thing I will say to you, I haven't forgotten your pass to Jay O'Shea in the Carlisle grounds and that little cameo. That was my one of my favourite goal united moments. I'm
2: sure you remember it. I do, yeah, that got him as moved in it the uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that and a few yeah. other goals, but it's been great having you on. Yeah. No, oh, cheers, lads. Yeah. Thanks for having
1: me on. Uh, yeah. So Dan, we're yeah, I guess we're back next week after Cheltenham.
0: We are, yeah. Johnny listen, we're um yeah, we'll see what state you're in and we'll see what state the, the league is in but uh, we'll be back next week. You have a well, good see, week. Stay, see,
1: you got the week off. I'm actually working. So we are in yeah. association with uh, Collar & Call Future Ticketing and Rascals. Glory. Thanks to everyone and uh, what state we're in. What state will some of uh, the big clubs be in next week? It's going to be a hell, of a hell of a fixture list. It's not good Friday. It's St. Patrick's weekend but it's going to be interesting. We'll chat to you next week.